Joe, good to see you, my friend. Holy Whoa. Wow. Coming in hot. Did I come in hot? <laughs> Holy damn, man. Yeah, here we are together again. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes I come in <laughs> hot, brother. You should ask my wife. <laughs> sometimes you come in hot, sometimes you come sometimes in not. <laughs> I come in not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, man, I hope you had a great weekend. I had, a, had an awesome weekend. How about you? You had, the, you had the EXP Christmas party. Yeah, we had an EXP Christmas party. Okay, uh, this is funny. That was the worst DJ I've ever seen in my life. This was just like a local sort of get together for some EXP agents. And uh, it was so bad that it was great. The people were awesome. And there was a lot of effort put into it. So I appreciate that. But this DJ was terrible. Like the worst DJ. First off, you come in, you come in the lights are on as bright as you can see them. So there's not one single woman there that's a 10 out of 10 because the lights are that bright, right? Like nobody's like flawless because of the lighting. And then there's no music. So you kind of get in and there's like a, a bar that you can go and get drinks. But like, anyways, it took a little while for some ambiance to happen. And then the music was just terrible choices for what like was necessary for the ambiance. And then this guy was just like, he was making people compete to get their food at the table. But what? like after running two tables, yeah, after running like a couple tables, he gets up and walks away for like five, 10 minutes while people are sitting there hungry. And you know what I did? Like a gangster, my wife is sitting there and she's kind of getting a bit hangry. You know, like, you know how there's like that time, you have like a time clock that's like invincible, but you know, or invisible and you know, you got to deal with it. There's this fat bald DJ that's between my wife and Emil. Well, Joe, like a gangster, I got up out of my chair and I told the people around me, I said, let's go, we're going to eat right now. And we went and we got our food and we sat down. We weren't playing this fucking dumb game, okay? After like one failed attempt and an almost broken rolled ankle trying to get food and my wife just like sitting there getting hungrier and hungrier, we just went and got our food. Can I, can I just ask you one question? Yeah. Is your definition of like a gangster the guy that cuts in line at the buffet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a I don't freaking play no dorky so, games so, for food. Come on, so man. My that, wife's hungry. So was the DJ. You need to be brushed aside there, bald fat so DJ. Was the DJ like this one's for all the oh, numbers it was out there? It wasn't even like it was so. He was so bad. You know, it's I, I just. How old was he? He was definitely in his sixties. Definitely in his 60s. So he was playing all the hits of, oh, yester- of yesteryear. Old. It was just not good. Not good. He had no idea how to do any crowd control. And then he was bragging. He's like, yeah, I got eight more gigs this year. I'm making $3,000. And I'm per, like, "Is it per gig?" this guy was like the epitome to me of like why you don't hire a discount agent, Oof. why you don't hire a discount DJ. Okay. Wow. I appreciate the committee's effort. There was some cool prizes and the food, like the the meat was great. So kind don't of, eat the salmon, but the the what kind of what the kind beef of food was good. Was it was like a, a like a like roast, prime like a prime rib roast beef kind of thing. Nice. So that was good, and and there were some really good people there. So you know, a, a good time was had. But this DJ was terrible. It was awful. So was he DJ? I don't even know. DJ relevant is what I would say. DJ, DJ not getting called back. DJ D- not booking any gigs DJ from this trauma. Gig. <laughs> DJ probably doesn't get a lot of repeat business. Mm, he's I, once and done. I'm sorry. He's a secret DJ. He was the discount DJ. He, maybe he's the only one available on short and, notice. And, and listen, I appreciate the committee's efforts for, for putting it on. So, you know, I don't want to sound ungrateful. 
but uh, you know, just so like nine a out of nine planet. out of ten, and the DJ was like a one out of ten. Is, is what you're trying sure. to say? Yeah. All right. Sure. Absolutely. Like a nine out of ten event. Um. Anyway, so that was it. We had a good time still, though. Great company. Always fun to get out with people. So that was nice. My son. So I've been working with my seven-year-old on setting his mindset up before his hockey games. So we do like rituals. This stuff's powerful. The kid on Sunday. So I, I got him to set his mindset. I'm like, so I'm teaching a seven-year-old. I'm like, nobody, nobody works harder than me. Nobody practices harder than me. Nobody's going to work harder than me in this game. I'm going to be a great teammate. I'm going to lift people up. And I was getting him to do all his rituals and getting him in the mindset. He's probably thinking I'm crazy, but I'm like really trying to program his thoughts. Well, guess what? Kid got 15 goals. Wow. 15 goals on the weekend. Played unbelievable. Did the same thing last weekend. He was playing goalie for the second time. The kid was like a brick wall. He only let in three goals for an entire hour at seven. So... Needless to say, I'm trying to teach my kids how to program their thoughts and their mindset because your mind is so powerful. And I know we talk about this, but it's it's so, so important. I've got a new magical script. People listening right now, if you take this script away right now and you go and implement it, you will add six figures to your business in 2024. I'm convinced of it. If you want to get a pipeline going right now and you want to get some opportunities, this is a magical script. We just launched this with our private academy and one of our students today took it he booked five appointments in day one. I'm going to give it to you guys right now. Joe, should we? Should we give it to him? I don't know, man. Yeah, all right. Let's give all it right. to him? All right, all right. All right. Here's the deal. Most of you are going to listen to this. And you're going to be like, yeah, right. And you're going to roll your eyes and you're going to do what you always do. Nothing. Or Some of you are going to be smart. You can be the Jordan Richardson. The Jordan Richardson. Apparently the self-proclaimed king of Sonoma County. Young guy. Right out the gate. Everything he's been with us for two days now, and in those two days today, took a brand new script. Five buyers appointments. Here it is. Here I'm it is. Give it to you. And and you guys could book not just buyers appointments. You can book listing appointments. Anything. This is such a magical script. So here it is, Joe. I'm gonna role play it. Okay, you're gonna answer the phone. You're somebody in my sphere of influence. By the way, just let me set this up. This is perfect for people that are acquaintances, people in your network, could be friends, past clients, family members, somebody that you know through somebody else. Like basically anybody in your phone contact list. Okay. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hey, it's Jason Smart. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm good, man. How you doing? Hey, doing really, really well. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Hey, listen, man, I, I actually look forward to catching up with you. But today, I actually had some serious business I wanted to touch on with you. Do you have like three minutes for me? Uh, Yeah. Okay, cool. As you may or may not know right now, Joe, there's a tremendous amount of volatility. There's a lot of complexity and confusion in our current real estate market. What it's done, Joe, is it's created one of the greatest wealth building opportunities that we're going to see in a very long time. And I'm calling you because, you know, as somebody that you, uh, hopefully you trust in real estate, I think it's important that I'm keeping these types of opportunities in front of you. And so I wanted to ask you one simple question, Joe. Right now, my clients fall in one of two camps. There's camp A, which is maybe they're not quite in the position to take advantage of the market or they're a little bit too afraid to move. Or number two is people are getting ready to deploy capital and they definitely don't want to miss out on the right opportunities. Which camp would you say you fall into? Wow. Um, I haven't really thought about it too, too much to tell you the truth. But I mean, now that you mention it, I'm kind of like open and like open to hear what you're thinking and what opportunities you're seeing. Right. Well, let me ask you this, Joe. I mean, if there was something that you were looking to do in real estate in the future, what would that look like? Yeah. 
You know, I, I haven't really thought about that either, Jay. Uh, right now, like, the house is a little bit small. I know we, we bought it like four years ago. And away we go. There you go. You're in a needs-based conversation. You do this with 10 people. I'm telling you, you're going to get opportunities because people don't want to miss out on something, first off, right? If there's an opportunity, they at least want to know about it. You owe it to your clients to be following up and being proactive and saying, hey, look, there is some opportunity in the market right now. Let's discuss it, right? Most people miss out on opportunities because of fear, because they get too afraid to pull, take the action. By the time they make decisions to get in the market, it's not the best timing because they're waiting for everybody else. Being a leader means you need to move first. You don't wait for other people to go. If you're the type of person that's like, well, I'll wait and see. Well, waiting and seeing is, means that you're missing time. Time in the market is one of the most effective things, right? Mm-hmm. How long are you in the market for? It's impossible to, mar- to time exactly when the perfect moment is, but time in the market is always going to outperform not being in it. So what I always say to people when there's a lot of paralysis like there is now in the current market, that is when you make moves. This is when you start buying. This is when you can may look to sell a property because you can go buy something else. Maybe you're upsizing. So that house you're going to be buying is going to be less than you normally be paying. So this is the time to build wealth. So if you're not spreading a message right now that's super opportunistic, that isn't very upbeat and positive, you're missing the opportunity. If you're sitting there, oh, the market's slow. That's perception. That's your mindset. The way I look at the market is I'm like, this is a phenomenal market. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the opportunities. 2024 is going to be the best year that I've ever had in my career. Absolutely. Why? Because I'm seizing opportunities. I'm getting everybody following this plan and prepared and taking action. And one thing I'll say, Joe, with our private network, with the skill practice that we're doing, with the measurable activities that we're doing as a community, how we're helping people level up. The people that hang out with us, they're going to be the gangsters of 2024. And when I say gangster, I mean in a positive light. They're going to be the ones that take advantage and seize the opportunity. They're the ones that will look back on 2024 as one of the most pivotal years they've ever had in their business. Facts. Facts. If you're sitting there, oh, I'm scared. Don't come hang out with me. Because you're going to be feeling really damn good about yourself if you hang out with me. If you want to be looking for a pity party, I'm not the guy for you. I ain't giving you no pity party. I'm not going to sit there and tell you, oh, oh, it's okay. No, you're a fucking loser and you need to change your attitude. You need to change your mindset. You need to get around some winners. Part of my French, if this hits home, you need to hear this. You need to stop being a victim. Everything that is going wrong in your life is your fault. You need to change it. You need to reframe how you see things. When bad things happen to you, feel them and then move on. Feel it. Feel it, right? I feel just like you do, but then you got to move on. Don't hold it. Don't hold on to it like a huge like weight. Imagine having a backpack and then you just keep adding rocks to that backpack, boulders, and those boulders are all the things that happen in your life because you can't let them go and then you tell me how it is to walk forwards and to keep moving forwards in life. Eventually you slow down and then you get crippled by the rocks. And until you let go of those things, you're going to be a loser. You're going to be that victim. Things happen to everybody. And I'm so sick of hearing people buying into their pity and their excuses and woe is me, I'm a victim. Okay. If life's tough, good. If you've been through some trauma, good. I mean, that's what's going to shape you. You can't fix what's happened. You can look at it and say, okay, I survived that. Here I am. I can make a decision right now to change it. So if you want to be around positive people that have things going on that are uplifting you, 
then what you need to do is you need to be a part of our community. We're looking for go-getters. We're not looking for victims. We're looking for people that take accountability, people that want to build with us. If you want to get access to exclusive information like what I just gave you right there and have people teach you how to implement that and then how to monetize that and you've got people that are showing you the ropes and pushing you to be the best version of yourself, not just mentally, physically, but spiritually as well, that's what we do. That's what our private network's about. What do you think? It's a lot there, man. That's uh, that was a good tear. That was a nine minute tear, buddy. Yeah, it was well, good. Sometimes you there gotta was, let go. There, there was yeah, gotta lose yourself. Lose yourself in the moment. So no, it was good. I, let's let's kind of let's let's unpack this a little bit. So number one, the script. I think the script is absolutely amazing. Because one of the number one things we hear from people is, well, I don't know what to say. Like I don't know what to say. I'm leveraging my sphere, but I I don't want to look desperate. I don't know what to say. This is a great thing that you can start using right now if you've been that agent that has neglected that level of your business. That if you haven't been reaching out and you haven't stayed in constant communication, this is very values-based. This isn't just are you buying or selling, renovating or refinancing or know anybody who is. It is a needs-based conversation. Go identify a need. That's my thoughts on the script. Now, my thoughts on the other pieces, I think there's about nine there, but I'm only going to look at one is, you know, you mentioned sort of some really great things about, you know, finding a network, finding value in that network. You talked about skills training. You talked about, you know, rising beyond adversity, right? And I think one thing that you mentioned is, you know, sort of envision yourself. You know, people get stuck in this narrative. And and I think a, a good example is, well, how's the market? Well, the market's shit right now, right? You get stuck. You just get stuck. And if you think the market is shit, well, what's going to happen, Jay? The market's going to be crappy. For, for who? For you. For you. For who else? Nobody. Fucking nobody. The market's going to be amazing for those who want to seize that opportunity. So act as if. Act as if. And how do you act as if? You surround yourself by other people who are also acting as if. And you learn those scripts and those best practices. So that's that's kind of my thought on, on that tirade. How about this, man? How about you go on a tirade for some, for something here? You ready? I'm going to say something to you, and I just want you to unload. Go. I'm going to say go. I'm going to tell you something, then I want you to run with it. Are you going to like... Yeah. Okay. I'm going to just give it to you, okay? Give it to me raw. The pessimist, the eternal pessimist. Just go on a rant how you feel about the eternal pessimist and why their life sucks. Wow. If you want nothing, you get nothing, which means you deserve nothing. I think those three things really fall hand in hand. Now, it's, it's hard for me. I can't even put my mind into somebody who is that, has that level of pessimism. I think that uh, I'm, a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I truly am. And sometimes it gets me to a detriment. Like I always try to see the good in people. And I think that that's an amazing way to live your life versus the other side of the coin. And again, you've got the healthiness that lies within the balance. But the eternal pessimist, that's an interesting one. It really is because I, I, I've surrounded myself with so many of them in the past. And you mentioned boulders in a backpack. The more pessimists you have hanging on to you, I mean, the, the, the less distance you're going to put on, on, any, on any scale. So the eternal pessimist, I think that they get there usually from dwelling on past experiences. They don't look at what's possible. They look at what has been. Right. And they rely on those past experiences. Well, I did that once in the past and it didn't work. And it didn't work for me. So guess who else it's not going to work for? You. Right. And so now I'm going to bring you down. And I think that pessimism and realism often go hand in hand. Because it's not realistic to think that the guy who founded Walmart started when I think he was like 63. 
Did you know that? It was like, yeah. I think it was like 63 when he started Walmart. Well, how many people told him, you ain't going to be shit? Look at Colonel Sanders. What, he pitched that recipe a thousand times before somebody said, you know what, I'm going to try this in a fucking gas station for free. Right? So again, you look at all those people. If they had have had that pessimistic point of view, we wouldn't be eating fried chicken or doing grocery shopping out of midnight, if you ask me. But hey, good news for all of us. Right. So hang your hat on those eternal optimists and learn one fundamental simple lesson if somebody's pessimistic understand is it pessimism is it realism were they dwarfed by an event are they refusing to rise above and don't let them sink your shit i love it i love it go on a rant man let's go on a rant well i'll tell you what i think of pessimists pessimists are the people that are like see that didn't work they're always uh, looking for a reason why something's not gonna work so. they told you so there's they're the people that are like oh there's a catch they're broke. Their mentality sucks. They sit there and they try and freaking pull other people down. They misery loves company and oh, they yeah. are the misery that you surround yourself with. If you're around a bunch of pessimists, guess what? Look in the mirror. You're probably a pessimist yourself or you're sitting there and you're a fraction of who you could be. You want to do big things in life? Look at the mirror and say, okay, who are the people that really have my back that are going to lift me up? Not the people that are going to be anchors. Get rid of your pessimists. Now, that doesn't mean you don't love up on your family because sometimes those pessimists are your family members. So you can still love them, but you need to keep them at a distance. There's certain things you don't talk about. You don't talk about your dreams and your goals with pessimists because they don't deserve it. Pessimists are just going to be there to try and suck the life out of you because you are now showing them who they could have been. That's what a pessimist is, is somebody who looks at you and says, ooh, you're exposing the things I didn't do So because I don't want you to do better than me. I'm going to pull you down and try and suck you down to my level. And what I say to the pessimists, fuck you. That's what I say. Go fuck yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. There's, there's a, <laughs> That's what I say to a we pessimist. Swore, we, we swore a lot of yeah. this one, I think. Yeah, well, there's, I was trying to get you to unload, but you kind of still gave the very like soft, like canned, like I wanted you to go. I know this Joe Moretti side and I want to see him today. <laughs> one of the things we were talking about is like being a little edgier. And, and I was talking about how do I be a little edgier in my life and my personal relationship with my wife? So this is kind of what I'm trying to pull out right now is like some edginess somewhere. So come on, Joe. What do you think well, of pessimists? Well, there's there, there's that there's that quote, right, which is one of my favorite quotes. No, it's not the failure quote. Is the true definition of hell is it's your last day on earth and the person you've become meets the person you could have been. What a beautiful quote. Imagine that. The person you've become meets the person you could have been, but but it's your last day on earth and you can't do nothing. That's the true definition of hell. Sounds like hell. I think so. And we're all going to have that moment. I think, so. yeah, it's the day of reckoning, man. There, there'll, be a, there'll be a day of reckoning for all of us. And I think for a lot of people, that day of reckoning will be watching somebody that you drag down elevate themselves. Right. And they will be what you could have been. We're all one decision away from greatness. We're all two paychecks from being homeless, for the most part, for most people. And we're one decision away from being great and society as it stands i think the number is at 12 13 you're 13 meal, we are 13 meals as a society away from total anarchy and chaos wow 13 meals you take 13 meals away from a human and you watch what happens and you take 13 meals away from a country and you watch what happens that country will descend into chaos 13 meals Interesting. And you are 2,000 
2,000 cold calls away from being a millionaire. There you go. Everything's a decision. So yeah. to the pessimists that I told to F off, right? <laughs> come back and listen. Come back and listen because I actually care about you, okay? Here's the deal. You can change that. You don't have to be a pessimist. You can start saying, hey, what if, what if this did actually work? What if I did this? What would happen? And then change the what if to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put blind faith behind it and I'm going to just go all in on that thought. I'm going to go all in on that dream. I'm going to go all in on that activity. What do you think would happen? See, so many pessimists are there because of past trauma, because of something else that they're holding on to. And so it's like a defense mechanism. They want to keep the standard so low so people don't expect that much out of them that they don't have to expect much out of themselves. What a sad way to live, Mm -hmm. right? I would rather people looked at me and thought, wow, that guy has some really crazy ambitious goals. But you know what? damn, he's like, he's doing way better than most people that I know. And it's because he thinks like that. Mm-hmm. See, if you don't think big and you don't think optimistically in the first place, those things aren't going to happen because your brain doesn't know what's real and what's not. So if your brain is filled with pessimism, your life is going to be, you're not going to have abundance. I know this because I see people who are pessimists and they don't have abundance. They have a lot of scarcity, right? And, and sure, some of them do okay, but they're not doing great in comparison to what they could be doing, right? They make excuses. They always have a reason why they didn't do something, and it's never their own fault, and it's always some other outside factor that they're blaming. And the truth is, they need to point the finger at themselves. Mm-hmm. And they need to realize that like, hey, maybe if I looked at things from a more optimistic standpoint, I would enjoy my life better. You know what? There's, there's darkness in the world, and there's light. There's positive people that you can go spend time with, and then there's pessimists that you can go have your life sucked out of you. Succubus. Choose wisely. Go surround yourself with only the people that uplift you. Be around positive people, and you'll be more positive. You'll feel better about your life. You'll perform better, and you'll see the good in the world. If you want to go seek the bad in the world, it's easy to find. Believe me, the good and the bad is easy to find. It's a decision. I'll take it a step further. If you are somewhat happy with the life that you're living, go thank the pessimist. Go thank the pessimist that told you you couldn't do it. Because mm-hmm. they're, they are one of the massive, massive motivators that got you to where you are today was that person who was like in your ear. Now you can't do that. Right. So take a second. Because I'll tell you, I did this about two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. I thanked the pessimist. And holy shit, man, I've been carrying that weight for years Four and a half years I carried that weight and I went and thanked a pessimist that completely just annihilated me at one point. And it was the most uplifting experience I've ever done. Did they respond? Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. What did they say? I'd love to hear it. She did. She was like, you know what, Joe? Uh, I just, uh, I want you to know I've been thinking about you a lot lately. It's been almost five years, right? Been thinking about you a lot. Hope everything's good. Glad everything worked out for you. Love seeing your name in lights. I've had a couple people come back and tell me what you're doing, how successful you are. And you know what? You deserve every single good thing in life that you've achieved. So you know what my reply back was? What? Good. Fucking send. (laughs) End of story. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Good. 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 There you go. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, man. I've been fired from one job in my life. One job. That's it. Costco? Not Costco. Not Costco. (laughs) One job in my life. And 
It wasn't performance based. But anyways, I won't get into the we details. We digress. It was uh, it was really stupid. It was really nothing. It was like just at the same time we just got super like at the same time we just got like super casual. Yeah. Did you notice that? Like at the same time we both just sit back and. But I look back on that and I'm like, that is one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. It set yeah. me down this new career path that I went down, and it made me be where I am today. And so again, it just goes back to the pessimist or the optimist. The pessimist would sit there and be like, oh my god. I lost a six-figure job and they'd feel horrible and be depressed and their whole mm-hmm. definition of themselves is this job. It's a fucking job. And it wasn't one that I liked doing that much, to be honest with you. I was capable of so much more. So when I look back now, I'm like, good. Thank God that happened to me. I appreciate what happened. The funny it thing made is, me better. You actually, it was the same day. You went and thanked a pessimist. And I was like, hey man, look what I just did. And you're like, well, shit. And you went and did the same thing. Yeah, yeah no response. Was, See, I yeah, I got a response. I got a response. No but, response. Yeah, it's okay. Maybe we just need to bulldog him a little bit more. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter to me because no. listen, it's, uh, it's about the activity. It, he he's still exactly in the same Groundhog Day life that he had before, and mine is like I've made so much more impact. I'm a lot happier. And so again, if you're somebody who's a pessimist, you can choose to become a, a an optimist. Join our club. The optimism club. That's what we're looking for more of. People that are optimistic about the future, the things that are going on, and they see opportunity when others are just like afraid did or you, holding call, on to it. Did you call it the, the optimism club? Yeah. Come join our club. It's our private network. It's full of optimists. These are like business-minded people, six, seven, and some eight-figure earners that are making big things happen. There's an organized system that we've created where people are coming in and leveling up in a huge way. And if you're curious about it, Joe and I would love to talk to you, but we're looking for the optimists, not the pessimists. We're looking for the people that want to move forwards, that want to seize the opportunities that are out there and want the finer things out of life. If that's you, check us out. Expansion Global Private Network. It's coming. You're a beauty. You're a beauty too. Thanks for letting me swear. I appreciate it. Sometimes it feels good to just let it it out. It does. Maybe I'll let it out next time. Cheers. (laughs) 